cut it there. Cut, 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 cut! Ribbit! And cut. Cut! Cut, 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 cut! Terrific! Cut! And cut! Cut, let's try it again. Cut! And cut! 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 Check the game. Cut! 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 Welcome to Cut, just another movie podcast. I'm Manny. I'm Angie. And we're two siblings that love movies. If you heard that, you knew you were about to see something pretty amazing. This episode is a tribute to what I think is the greatest, not just theaters, but movie going experiences on the planet. And that's Arclight Cinemas, who we heard this week will not be opening. And the shitty thing is, is that when things reopened, that was like the first place I was going to go to. And like I said, this episode is just kind of our tribute to our experiences there because I know it, you know, it changed my life in a way where it made me look at movies a completely different way, especially in my early 20s when the first time I went there. And it, it was like such a nerve center for anything film in LA. And I know we have, we're so spoiled. We have tons of great theaters, the Egyptian, the Arrow. New Beverly, um, could go on for days about that. Um, but there was something really magical about the arc light and the Cinerama dome. And if you're watching this on YouTube, you can see the artwork behind me of the, uh, Cinerama dome by artist George Townley. If, uh, you haven't checked him out, he has a really great Instagram page where he has a bunch of artwork, same design style. He has a really great one of in and out that I really like. Um, but when I saw that one of, of the Cinerama dome, this was like, over like two years ago i think that i saw it and i had to pick it up and now it has even like more meaning the crazy thing too is like it's not just like the cinerama dome and like the arc light in hollywood it's all of them it's sherman oaks it's pasadena it's in the south bay um pacific theaters too um which are all pretty they have the same high quality that every that the arc light in hollywood originated and so it's, yeah, it's, it's a huge loss. It, it feels to me like your parents getting divorced or like your favorite band breaking up, you know, that's what it feels like. Yeah. I mean, we got Daft Punk breaking up and now there's no more Arclight. I posted, uh, there's no bookstores, there's no music stores yeah. and there's no Arclight. Yeah. I had friends who once they heard about it, like they know I'm a big movie person and I'm. <clears throat> I really enjoy going to LA to see them. So they're like, dude, what's happening? And then I have friends who never even went to the Cinerama Dome and we're like, well, now I can never go. Think about though, how many of our friends we took there like yeah. for the first time. Yeah. Like that's the one thing that I remember is like, if you're f like, if any of my friends even like movies a little bit, like I always took them there. And it wasn't even, well, at least for me, it wasn't me taking my friends to see a movie there. I just took them to see it. Like if you didn't take, your friends to see a movie at least taking them inside and seeing like they had like a little shop there in the entrance for a really long time 
And they always had like really interesting books and movie memorabilia and little like knickknacks and stuff that you could buy. So even if we went to like Amoeba next door, we would always just go to the little Arclight shop and just kind of like walk around and browse and see what they had. And that what's the other depressing part is that to me, that block of Amoeba. It's dead now. And Arclight. Well, it died when Amoeba <laughs> moved. Yeah. Uh, first of all. So it was already like we were in mourning that that place was never going to be the same of like, I'm going to go. Uh, I have a showing at seven and I'm getting there early. I'm going to go to Amoeba and buy a record and then like cross, literally cross the street and then go see something amazing. And once Amoeba moved, like we lost that. Yeah. And for the longest time, when I first started going to L.A., that was kind of like the routine that we had when we would go is we would go to Pink's, get hot dogs. We would go to Amoeba, buy some records, and then we would go to the Arclight, not even to see a movie, just to kind of go in and kind of see what was happening inside. Because they used to have they'd have like costumes and they'd have props for movies I remember when The Dark Knight came out, they had the Joker costume. So it was just interesting to just even see what they had without ever seeing a movie, really. Yeah, they always had props. They had costumes. I remember I'm wearing my kick-ass Phantom Thread shirt. Shout out to... And after that? Yes. Edgar Gonzalez, I think that's his name. Yes. They had Daniel Day-Lewis's costume and uh, Vicky, Vicky Creeps. I think that's her her name. Um, her dress. and. It was like those like touches that no one else had. And it really, like you said, you walk in, you had the big, like, it looked like you were at an airport. Like you had all the time showing. Yeah. And then you, to the right, it would be like the bar and the restaurant. And and then you had that really big staircase that just kind of yeah, like ascended. It's, it's just majestic. Yeah. 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 I can't believe I never fell down those stairs. I fall down stairs all the time. And that was the one I never fell down. <laughs> so let's talk about like your first memories of it. Like what was, do you remember the first movie that you saw? It was Across the Universe. And I can't remember. I don't think it was the Cinerama Dome. I think it was just at the Arclight. I thought it was the Cinerama Dome, but I don't think it was because I feel like I would remember being there. But yeah, it was Across the Universe and it was, yeah, it was at the Arclight. And do you remember who you went with? Yeah, I went with an ex-boyfriend. <laughs> And it was at the time, it was at that weird time, like after you break up when you're kind of still trying to hang out. And so, yeah, we went to see Across the Universe and it was, it was weird, but the movie was, I mean, I really liked it at the time. I was really into that movie for a long time. What year was that? 2000, had to have been like 2007. Okay. And I remember being into it for a long, like I bought the soundtrack and everything and I still like it. Like I saw it again recently and I was like, you know, it still holds up. It's fine. Did you go because like I had told you about it or? I went because I saw the trailer. I can't remember what movie I was watching, but I remember seeing the trailer and being like, oh my God, this looks so good. Like it just like blew my mind. And I was like, I have to see this when it comes out. So I just went because I had seen the trailer for no, it. No, but choosing to go to the Arclight. I think it was because it was like when we would go to LA a lot and we would always see it. And yeah, it was because you had gone and I had never seen anything there and we were already there. Because for some reason, I had a memory that I had taken like you and mom. Yeah, before. I'm, I'm pretty sure we went not to see a movie, but, just but we would go into the, the gift shop right. and just kind of see the dome and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, it, it was uh, Across the Universe was the first one. The way that I discovered Arclight just in general was early 2000s. Uh, I saw Donnie Darko on DVD and it like blew my mind. And then I found out that there was going to be a director's cut. And this is like back when I didn't know anything about movies or like 
Hollywood or LA. I hadn't done any exploring. And one of my friends was going to UCLA at the time. And so that, that was also me hanging out in Westwood and going to bars and being 21. And so it was like 2002, 2003-ish around there that the director's cut came out. And I remember we looked it up online and the only place I was playing was the Arkland. I was like, what's that? Like, I had no idea like what it meant or anything like that. And so we went and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, but that was the first time I ever heard of buying your seated number before anybody else. Yeah, I think I think you're right. That was the first time I had ever heard of that. And I was like, why doesn't anyone or why doesn't everyone do it? Because it was just so it was just nice to be able to be like, I have my seat already. Yeah, because you don't have to wait and right. fucking line. And also another thing that I really liked was that they wouldn't let you in after the movie started, which was cool. Yeah. Which was always nice. They also did the three trailer minimum or maximum. Oh, did they? Yeah, I, because any other theater is like fucking 20 minutes I love of trailers. trailers and Arclight <laughs> did three three of the best trailers for every movie and that's it. Yeah. Because they didn't want to waste your time. And so that's like another like added touch that like, again, who no one else was doing at the time. But yeah, designated seating. Uh, I remember like going up to the to the counter and they're like, what seat would you like? Yeah. And they and would show like, you what? like the thing. Yeah. That was really cool. And that's another kind of airport thing of like, you know, choosing your seat. And it just it going there the first time and it wasn't at the Cinerama Dome. It was it was one of the regular screenings. Uh, it just blew me away. And then the ushers coming out in the very beginning of the film. That's like, that was really cool. You're about to see Donnie Darko director's cut directed by Richard Kelly with a running time of blah, blah, blah. And like gave you the, the cast. Um, and then they go on to say, I'm going to be in, uh, watching the first 20 minutes of the movie to make sure that the projection and sound quality is up to standards. You're just like, Whoa. Yeah. And so I was like, it's like having, it's like going to cats or Langer's and having a pastrami and going, you can't go back. You yeah. can't go back to like- Where they give you the pastrami to try before they make you your sandwich. Exactly. Yeah, when I went and they did that, I was like, what are you doing? Why are you giving me this pastrami? We love the hat, like not to like yeah. rain on the hat, <laughs> but it's not even close. Like no. how much better Langer's yeah. and cats is. But yeah, it's like once you have like really good steak, really good like sandwich, you just can't go back. And so that was like my first impression of the Arclay. And then I saw, I think I saw Garden State. And then the other big one was Brick in 2005. And I forgot to bring it, but I'll insert it if you're watching this on YouTube. Um, I, have, I, have, I still have the ticket and it, it was an actual like golden ticket. Oh, that's dope. After that, they went to like the little paper things and yeah. like before online. And for Brick, that was the first time I took one of my really good friends. And we went up the big staircase and I remember seeing Brick was amazing. Love Brick. And we go down the stairs and we were so blown away by the movie. Like I have a vivid memory of going down the stairs and like not saying anything to each other, but knowing that we had just seen something incredible. And like, again, just the whole added experience of like, of the place. Um, Oh, and here's another first. That was the first place I remember uh, the 21 and over screenings where you could drink in oh, the theater. You're right. Yeah. That was the first one that I can remember where you could drink. And then it trickled down to 
other theaters and now, you know, like Alamo Draft House, AMC, Regal, um, they all do it. But I remember being like, wow, drinking a movie theater, that's like the dream. Kind of amazing. <laughs> the thing that I hate about it is like just how many times you need to go yep. to the restroom. You gotta time it. You gotta plan it. Yeah. They have a website where you can look up the movie you're watching and it'll tell you when you can go to the bathroom. So you said that what what was your first dome movie? My first dome movie was probably Sweeney Todd. Okay. When we saw Sweeney Todd. Yeah. yeah. And, and that was like in the middle of the day, right? Yeah, because I remember mom didn't want to go see it. Yeah. Because it was bloody. And so she'd she already, she'd already seen it. That's why. She had seen it already? I made her take me to the midnight showing. Oh. And so we saw it at midnight and she didn't like it. <laughs> and so when we were like, let's go see it at the dome, because you hadn't seen it. She I think she saw I don't know what she saw. She yeah, saw I don't else. remember what she saw. Yeah. But it was probably like some rom-com or something but that yeah that was my first time in the in the dome and that was great just being inside the dome was weird because you have like the honeycomb ceiling i love so weird to look at for the first time and then the fact that everything is like curved was also really weird to see it was just yeah it was an experience especially seeing that movie in the dome was pretty cool that's a good segue into talking about the dome because it's they're two separate entities like the dome like i think even if you don't know about movies you know the structure and if you've dri driven down sunset boulevard like you you see it um but the dome had been there since the 60s and then everything around it was developed around the the dome and so the dome is famous for screening 70 millimeter you know uh films and like the uh the biggest i think the the first movie that premiered there's a it's a mad 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 world and so that was its trademark, gigantic curved screen. So it meant that there isn't a bad seat in the house in the dome. Like you can sit in the corner and because it is curved, it's going to look exactly like it is if you're like smack in the middle of it. And then the other cool thing is that the front row is pushed back. So like when you go to a normal movie theater and you find out it's like back in the day, you would get there late and you're like, yeah. fuck, I need to sit in the front. And you're literally like looking straight up. Right. They thought about that. And so the front row is like a couple of feet behind the front. And I mean, that space is big enough for like a band to play. Yeah. Like I you could put a band that. in there. Yeah. And like just have them play. And so, yeah, a lot of thought went into the designing of the building. And when Art like took it over, they kept that tradition and the comfy seats. And it just, it was an event. Like if you're going to go, at least when I went to the dome, it had to be special like it had to be something 70 millimeter um i think the first movie i saw in the dome you're gonna laugh is revenge of the sith nice no that's a good one <laughs> and digital projection oh and this was before digital yeah only the big movie houses had digital projection and i went with a friend of mine and his brother and my biggest memory of that was how clean it looked yeah the image especially like the lightsabers that really popped but then the no, it was like <laughs> the greatest reaction of like, this is a fucking joke, right? Yeah. Like he's not saying no. And we just all like looked at each other and just started laughing our asses off. But I think that was my, my first dome movie. Yeah. And then after Sweeney Todd, we saw the dark Knight. That was at, at like 3 30 in the morning. That was wild. 
Do you remember how like when we got out of the theater, the sun was coming up and like KTLA Channel 5 was outside? No. And they were interviewing people and talking about how the movie was. That's funny. You I don't, don't remember, remember that? that? No, but I do remember that the same ex-boyfriend that I went to see Across the Universe with was at that 3.30 Dark night really? showing. And mom was like, guess who I saw? And I was like, oh my God. And just like ran back into the theater. The lobby was really nice too in the, in the Cinerama Dome. Yeah, um, it was. Because they had these like glass like shelves and they would display like memorabilia mm-hmm. uh, from different movies. And that was a place where like people would hang out before and after the movie and just talk. And like I saw Elijah Wood there. Nice. I think Elijah Wood lives as we speak at the Arc Because I, <laughs> out of all the celebrities that I've seen there, um, he was the one that I always saw there. That's funny. And I really feel like he like lives you know, under one of the He lives either at the Arclight or at Synespia. Cause he's always DJing at the cemetery screenings at Synespia too. Like always. What famous people do you remember seeing? I didn't see that many at the Arclight. I saw, I have to look up his name because I don't remember. And I'm kind of sad that I don't remember. Hold on. Were you there when we saw the guy from Road Trip? What guy from Road Trip? I don't remember his name. No. But he's been mm-hmm. in a few comedies. I saw James Cromwell. Cromwell. Dude, were you there when he was wearing his Canadian tuxedo? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was at the gift shop. Yeah, that's who I remember seeing. I was like shocked when I saw him because he was like, I thought he would be dressed completely different. And then when he was just all in like. He he had like a little hat on, right? And it was like like a newsboy hat. Yeah. (laughs) He was chilling. (laughs) Yeah. And that's the other thing for people that, that never went to the arc light. That's where like actors and producers and directors would go because it was, you know, there wasn't going to be bullshit as far as like bringing, you know, your crying baby, people on their cell phones. Like there was no tolerance for that. And so when you went to the arc light, you love movies, but you also valued the experience of going to the theater. And so I feel like that's why people would also go like celebrities would go there because they'd be left alone because you're not going to get like geeky people asking, you know, for autographs and stuff like that. And, and like I said, it's, I never saw anyone like on their phone during a movie. Like once the lights dropped, everyone was just like laser focused on like what the movie was going to be. I guess celebrity, depending on which circles you run in. But I saw Shane Madey from BuzzFeed's Unsolved, which is... Okay. We got to start that story from the beginning, though. (laughs) Okay. So we were going to go see Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And it was for like close to my birthday. Yeah. And it was not a hesitation of where we were going to go see it. It was like, we're going to go fucking see it in 35 millimeter at the Arclight. And... And this was like our third time seeing it, too, or second or something. It was our... I think it was my... Or no, was no, it the first time? The oh, that was the first time. time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Then we went on my birthday right. at AMC right. and saw it. But I remember we went there, we went to, to El Coyote because of course, Sharon Tate and the history with that. And then went to the dome or went to the arc light and they were selling. And that's another thing I forgot. They were selling, they started doing themed cocktails for like movies. And so there was like a Bloody Mary uh, and they gave it, to you in a glass and it had once upon a time at Hollywood and it says arc light cinemas and insert the glass here. <laughs> and so we like had already been drinking the margaritas at El Coyote are fucking incredible. They're the Highly best. The, the scratch margaritas. Yeah. 
because the house ones are still good, but the scratch ones are better. I remember I got the the Bloody Mary put me over the edge. And so when we went to go see it up until I don't remember parts of the movie, <laughs> like the gap that I have is after the uh, running out of time montage. Oh, okay. That's where I don't. Oh, it's like the last 20 minutes. There's like pieces that I didn't remember. And then the scene where they're at a or Casa Vega, that scene, like I remember when we rewatched, it, I was like, when the fuck did that happen? <laughs> and then my memory comes back. The final scene where um, Manson family and uh, they rewrite history. Yeah. So we're leaving and Manny's driving and we're leaving the parking structure. And I, I don't know. I, I was, I see this like guy and this girl walking towards us. And then I was backing out. No, you were, you were going like the, you were going straight, like through one of the aisles. Was I? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so they're walking towards the car and I'm like, that guy looks super familiar. And then I screamed and was like, oh my God, is that Shane Madej? And I was like, you have to stop the car right now. And so like Manny didn't even know what was happening. He was just like, okay, I guess I'm going to stop the car. And then me and Andy just like jumped out of the car and ran around it. And like, I felt so bad because they were like probably scared that we were going to like jump them or something. But then he remembered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then so, you know, I said, hey, we love, you know, watching the Unsolved show. And then we took a picture with him and with his girlfriend, Sarah. And they were really, really nice. And they were on their way to see Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And we were like, oh, the movie's great. You guys are going to love it. And then we just kind of like drunkenly got back into the car and left. And then recently when the whole Arclight thing happened, Shane posted something on his Twitter about, you know, memories about the Cinerama Dome or being at the Arclight or whatever. And I responded to his tweet and was like, Shane, the last time I was at the Arclight, I drunkenly ambushed you and your girlfriend to take pictures with me and my boyfriend. And he responded and was like, oh, were you the guys that had just come out of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? And so now we'll forever be known as those people to Shane. That's fucking <laughs> rad though. Yeah. Like the fact that he still remembers it. Yeah, I know. Um, and I'm sure he probably told, told his friends like, I was at the arc lighting these fucking drunk I'm never people. going to the arc light again. <laughs> but yeah, you would have these like random encounters and I'm sure there's other celebrities that I don't remember seeing. Um, one of my favorite memories too is like, I remember meeting up with my friend for lunch. And it was like in the middle of the week and we were going to go see Dunkirk. And that was the great thing is like they had a like there's food choices around there. But the fact that everything's all they have the bar, they have a restaurant all built in. You could be like, hey, let's have lunch and then watch a matinee. And and then, yeah, it was just like had lunch, like had a good time. And then like, oh, let's go see Dunkirk. And then we saw it and like I never ate at that restaurant. Really? Was it was good? pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. It was just pricey. I don't even think I ever drank at the bar. Really? Well, once I was like drinking age, I feel like I would go like to a bar before and then just, you know, hang out. Because I think before, wasn't there like a thing where if you were drinking at the bar, like you couldn't bring your drinks into the theater with you yeah. at some point? And then they started allowing drinks in yep. the theater. Yeah. And I think that's why I just kind of never drink at the bar because I was like, well, I can't take it with me. So yeah, the whole taking a drink is like, I don't know, a few years old. Another favorite memory that I have of the dome is I went, and that was the other thing too, is they would always show classics. Um, like I said, LA we're spoiled because we have so many theaters that show like all the classics. Um, but it was something special to see it on that giant curved screen in the dome. And so I think once a year they show 2001 space Odyssey, which is my favorite movie of all time. 
And I had never seen it in the theater, had never seen it in 70 millimeter, had never seen it in the dome. And so the, it was an original print. And so it was kind of fucked up. Like they had a lot of scratches before they restored it. And one of my friends had never seen it. And so it was one of those, again, like telling friends like, dude, let's go see it. It's going to be fucking amazing. And it was packed. And I remember speaking when I was talking about how um, the front row, there's like a big gap. I vividly remember one dude in the very front row smack in the middle. And I just thought to myself, that dude is like on LSD or is like (laughs) drunk and he's about to have his like mind blown. Yeah. And so we're sitting there waiting for the movie to start. And usually the aisles, like they're pretty tight. And so if someone's coming in, like you stand up and you let them go in. And so I see out of the, like the corner of my eye, some, uh, a woman's coming towards. And so like me and my friend stand up and it's mini driver and she's drunk. <laughs> and the reason I know she's drunk is because as she crossed right in front of me, she had like the biggest goofy <laughs> smile on her face and I could smell her breath and it was like tequila or something. And it was just like, wow, she just fucking breathed her and, like, tequila yeah, on, me. <laughs> on me and just like passed by. And then she sat like four, you know, people away from me. And then the lights go out and I don't think there was a trailer. And I remember the title card where it says Stanley Cooper 2001. And it was like watching like Star Wars, like people went fucking like if they had never seen it before, just like tons of cheering. And then that was also the first time I had never experienced people clapping during the credits Mm. ever up to that, up to that point. I've seen it since, but. You know, everyone's there for the credits and every time uh, Douglas Trumbull for visual effects, like they gave it up for like everyone that worked on that movie. And that was another thing too that I'd never saw anywhere else. I was watching an interview recently where Pedro Pascal said that he had seen 2001 at the Dome and was like shushing people that would not shut up. Oh my God. And so I was like, maybe he was there when you were there. Maybe. But I don't remember anyone speaking I yeah mean, you could hear like a pin drop that's yeah. how quiet people were for anyone that knows us one of our favorite movies is zodiac and that's another movie that i also saw in the dome really close up because it was one of the movies that uh was sold out and i remember me and my buddies were dying to see it and i remember they showed us the seating and it was like i think it was like four rows up and we're like fuck it we're gonna see it and yeah um fucking that was amazing it was like digital projection too i remember that um yeah and it's just like if it was an important movie like we would always like make it a point <laughs> to see it at the arc light and that was you know a phantom thread saw 70 millimeter the master and 70 millimeter um oh here's another story went to go see um the hateful eight and that was the only time there was a projection malfunction. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. And it was in 70 millimeter and it stopped like the projection stopped and leaving the theater. They're like, here's a free ticket. Like nice. no questions asked. And we saw I was with my friend and his wife. And right after that, we saw The Revenant. Nice. So that was like a crazy like six hours at the arc light. Yeah, <laughs> I can't even imagine. How far into the hateful eight did it break? Uh, I think it was like halfway. Oh, dang. Yeah. I think it's right before Sam Jackson tells the, the story. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I think it was like right before that. Oh, so okay. it was like a pivotal moment. Yeah. There was just like an audible like. Uh. Mm, that's funny. Um, but other than that, I never remember seeing any kind of projection issues. And also fucking Arclight had like the best sound ever. They did. It was fucking loud, but not like distorted loud. Like I've been in plenty of theaters where like the uh, the speakers are like on their last legs and they just sound like farts. Like it's so loud that it's just distorted. Um, Arclight had fucking incredible sound that just blew me away. This is probably the weirdest movie I've seen in a theater ever. And I saw it at the Arclight because me and my friend were having, you know, like an LA day. We just kind of went and went to like Grauman's and walked around. We went and ate somewhere, you know, stuff like, and it was, I remember it was raining really hard. So we, I didn't want to go home yet because I had just like started driving out to LA by myself. And so I was like, well, let's just like, maybe we'll catch a movie until, you know, the rain dies and nothing was playing like in the next, like maybe 30 minutes. And we watched, how do you know? With Reese Witherspoon, Paul Rudd, Jack Nicholson, Owen Wilson. And I don't remember like any of the movie. I don't even remember that movie existing. Yeah. Like, look at this. Look at this movie poster. What the fuck? (laughs) I don't know if we like left in the middle of the movie. I have no memory of the movie like at all. Out of all the movies that you could have seen, that's the one that you chose. It was the one that was playing like next, like the, 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 like the closest. Right. To the time, because we 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 had already gone to Amoeba, and we weren't old enough to drink yet, so we couldn't like go hang out at a bar, and so we're like, I guess we'll see that. That wasn't the day that you ditched, right? No, 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 senior ditch day. No, this was after that. Okay, yeah, the senior ditch day was cool. So my last experience with ArcLight, the last time I went there, was in 2019. It was November. I fucked up because. I had bond tickets to go see Magnolia at the Egyptian. Oh yeah. And so this is the only time where I really had no idea my date. I got my dates really uh, fucked up. I was also like really depressed at the time. So I think that's probably Brain had to fog. do with it. Um, and so I drove to LA by myself, parked, had a really great parking spot too. And I was super stoked because I was like, Oh, it's like right there <laughs> uh, next to the Egyptian. And I get there and I'm super confident. I pull out my phone, show the ticket. They scan it. They're like, yeah, uh, that's for tomorrow, not today. And I, I was like sh- shell-shocked. I even told the lady, are you sure? <laughs> and then I looked at the day and I was like, yeah. So it was like, it was a Friday. The movie was a Saturday and I was there on a Friday. And I was like, what the fuck am I going to do? And I was proud of my parking spot. So I'm like, what, what should I do? And the first thing I can remember is like, I'll go see a movie uh, at the Arclight. But I was like, what, what should I see? And so I walked because I was so proud. From of the Egyptian part. to the Arclight? Yeah. Damn. And I remember it was raining. It was cloudy. And it started sprinkling. And so I was walking in the rain. And that's when I, I think I, they had a really cool Knives Out ad yeah. on one of the walls. And I sent it to you. Yeah. That's where I got that. And so I go to walk to the arc light and I'm trying to look at the board and like, uh, oh, I wanted to see Parasite, but it was sold out. And I was like, fuck. And I was like, what should I watch? And, and I had seen the trailer to a portrait of a lady on fire. I thought it looked amazing. And so I bought tickets, but it was like two hours, like, uh, 
later. And so I was like, I'll go to Amoeba, hang out there, <laughs> and then I'll have like dinner at the, go to the bar and whatever. And I remember that's also the day where you're like, can you buy me the uh, Adam Driver, <laughs> the Adam Driver Rolling, Rolling Stone? Stone? Oh, you can't see it, but it's hanging up behind me. Yeah. And that's <laughs> also the last time I was at the old Amoeba. Oh, wow. Yeah. Dang. So it was like collective. Like the Last Supper? Yeah, the Last Supper. <laughs> And right before the pandemic, too, because it was like the end of 2019 and then saw a portrait of a lady on fire. Mine was blown like wasn't was my one of my favorite movies of 2019. It was like Parasite, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, um, Portrait of a Lady on Fire. And especially the final, if you guys have seen Portrait of a Lady on Fire, the final scene where she's there and the, the music is playing through that sound system oh, it that must hit have been you really like cool. a ton of bricks yeah and just really drove that kind of emotional moment home and that was like my last experience at at Arclight and it's it was one of those places like I said where it feels like your parents are always gonna be there together yeah, yeah. and then you turn around and they're not and it was like I thought the Arclight would always be there and and I thought once the pandemic's over, we're going to go there and yeah, it was have a good time. Super weird because it wasn't even like a thing where you're like, oh, the arc light's in danger of closing. Like, let's save the arc light. It was just kind of one day they were like, well, we're not going to reopen yeah. again. And, it, and everyone was like, what? Like, it was so shocking. Well, and we had talked about too how we had noticed that they weren't doing any updates. Yeah. Like there had been some vague like, we can't wait to see you guys again. Yeah. Post in March, I think. So a month ago. Mm-hmm. But I, there was no like, yeah, like you said, there wasn't a big sign of they're in trouble or like they're not going to open. Like it's just, it was like a given, like it's only a matter of time before they, they open and things are are back to normal. Yeah. So that leads us to what do we think is going to happen? What, what's the, the best case scenario and worst case scenario? I think the best case scenario is, you know, someone swoops in and buys it and kind of keeps everything the way it was, it's just under a different name. Like they they'll even keep the Cinerama name. Um, that would probably be the best case scenario. And I feel like, I don't know, I'm pretty optimistic about it. Like it seems like that kind of, I'm going to re- <laughs> relate it to when Six Flags was closing. Remember when that oh was my happening? God. The whole time they were closing, I was like, they're not going to close. And then they never closed. So I kind of feel the same way about <laughs> the arc light that I did about Six Flags at the time. But I don't know. I mean, it could happen. It's everyone kind of sounds really depressed about it. So I don't know. And then worst case is that the dome could be turned into a CVS. Oh, <laughs> like God. that one theater. It's not the Mayan theater. Oh, uh, I've been to that. Yeah. yeah. yeah and it's just like CVS. a CVS now. Yeah, I've That's been there. depressing. Yeah. But yeah, that would be the worst case scenario for me. The best case scenario is someone buys it again. We're trying to get Ryan Johnson, P.T. Anderson, the super friends, the super film friends to just buy it and then have it called whatever and just maintain the same level of quality control, the ushers, just the whole experience uh, and name it whatever the hell, you know, they want, but just, you know, just keep it as close to what it used to be. Worst case scenario, uh, Netflix, Amazon, Disney, insert corporation that would buy it. And you walk in and now it's like Amazon branding everywhere. And, and 
yeah, there'll still be like theaters, but it's not the same experience. And that's the thing that, that made it what it was. It wasn't just like showing movies. It was like, like I said, you don't, you went there because you're not going to be bothered by people who don't respect the, mm-hmm. the movie going experience. And yeah. that's why I'm scared because it's like, I don't know if it's going to be a money thing. And it's like, if it's a money thing, it's going to go to some big company. And I wouldn't be surprised if like AMC buys it or like Rico or something. I don't know if I would be too upset about AMC buying it because they've uh, gotten into like more quality. Yeah. But, movie but I showing, think it's because you know? of what art. I feel like this is what happened. Like our art arc light set the bar like yeah. early 2000s. Right. And I, w- I would always tell you like, it's going to trickle down eventually and eventually yeah. AMC is going to do it. And they did it, but it took them fucking forever. Yeah. And then AMC started doing Dolby theater mm-hmm. and then food and drinks mm-hmm. and, and stuff like that. So I don't know. Like, I feel like if even AMC takes it over, it's going to be a generic place. And it's kind of like the AMC at city walk. Yeah. That's like nice. It's yeah, better yeah, yeah. than, than, um, like a regular AMC and they have a really nice IMAX screen, but it still feels like AMC. AMC. And I think that's why a lot of people are worried is because especially if you look at film Twitter, you know, there's talks, I think the Cinerama dome will be safe, but the question mark is the building around it. The other screens, what's going to happen with that. Um, But there's also fear that they could gut the dome and turn it and they can turn it into a museum. And that's another thing is just like, there's a lot of question marks and a lot of people, you know, want answers to see what's going to happen. And it's just, it's, it's track. Like, I know there's a lot of shitty things happening in the (laughs) world and like, obviously human lives are more important than, you know, some silly film, uh, you know, theater, but for like the film community and LA and Hollywood, it's, it's gut wrenching. It's like, you just took like one of my, you know, children away forever as we wrap up this podcast we'll leave with our our final thoughts and our our memories of of arc light so what what are your what are your kind of lasting impressions of the time that you spent there it's gonna be weird just i guess depending on what they do with the building you know if it becomes another theater that'll be great but if it doesn't it'll just be kind of one of those weird empty shells of buildings that are scattered throughout LA. Kind of like, well, right now that's Amoeba, but eventually yeah, it's that you'll be drive past and be like apartment complex. Sad. You know, <laughs> or just like, I know what used to be there. It was cool. But you know, I'm, I'm remaining optimistic that they'll do something good with it and that it won't succumb to Netflix or whatever, like the Egyptian did. God. But you know, in saying that, if you live near LA or in LA, keep supporting those small theaters. Keep supporting, you know, Vidiots, the New Beverly. I'm wearing my New Beverly t-shirt. You probably can't see it. Um, the Vista. What else do we have? Uh, the American Cinematheque, which is like the Arrow and the Egyptian. Arrow. Um, there's so many. But yeah, those are like kind of the big ones. And oh, shout out to uh, the Frida Cinema in Santa Ana. That's right. They're fantastic. They have two screens, which is like, you know, one thing that they have an advantage of. So you could see two great classic movies and they show new movies and it's like, um, it's a great spot in, in Orange County to, 
to uh, to visit. So shout out to them. There's a great line in La La Land that Ryan Gosling says about how in in L.A. like we worship everything and value nothing. Is that what it is? Something like that. And so this kind of goes with that. You know, it's it's a different version, obviously, because the pandemic is what really killed Arclight. It wasn't like someone coming in and like out buying them and then going to tear it down. But it's it's it, it kind of feels like that. And so I'm hopeful, like we were saying, that someone with a brain and a lot of money um, and knows and is a film lover, because I feel like that's what it needs to be. You need yeah. Someone who appreciates film. And the ex- the experience and and keeping that experience alive, that I hope is steps up and and ends up buying it. Um, that place, like I said, really defined like my early twenties and like from then on out, like it was a really big part of my life and and made me really appreciate movies in a different way and and it was just just like a hub of like just fucking greatness and. Like I said, I don't think it's just the greatest theater in LA and Hollywood, not just the greatest in North America. I think it's like the world, like it's in a handful of theaters that only exists uh, on the planet. And, um, I'm going to miss it dearly. And I really hope that, like I said, whoever takes it over just changes the name and it's still the same level of quality. Um, but it, it just, yeah, it just tarnishes that whole area and and anyone that that really values theaters and and the movie going experience that about wraps up this mini episode um if you want to call it that um we felt like we needed to address it because it is a big deal to us and like i said the film community that uh the arc light and pacific theaters are shutting down um and hopefully if you know you have never been there you get a little bit of insight into the experience through us. And like I said, we're hopeful that someone good will take over and, and it'll, it'll be just a little bump in the road for, for that area. Um, you can find us at cut movie pod on Twitter and Instagram later this week. We're going to go back to schedule and do our next full episode on a film. And if you haven't listened to any of the past episodes, you can find them on YouTube. Uh, just search cut movie pod and you should be able to find us. And you can look up Titanic, Almost Famous, uh, Blair Witch Project, uh, tons of great episodes um, that we've done the last almost year. And uh, so we'll leave it at that. Thanks again for listening. We really appreciate it. Cut. That's a wrap. <laughs>